This year we've been working on a theme called Walk Worthy of Your Calling. We've spent a number of different series throughout uh, 2015 uh, looking at what Paul said about because of what God had done for us that we ought to walk worthy of that calling. And hopefully it's been a blessing to you, a help, uh, gave you some things you can remember, uh, some things that we can all work on, not just through this year, but on the rest of our Christian lives, walk worthy of our calling. This month we're departing from that topic in some way, although all sermons ought to have something to do with walking worthy of our calling, I guess. Uh, Today we're going to begin a new series, and I call it The Greatest Gift. A bit of holiday spirit, I guess, Uh, a little bit about that. We'll talk about the Christ story a a few times and in different ways. Uh, Mainly we want to get some good applications, I think, that can help us in our daily walk. So maybe we are kind of continuing the series. We're going to cover four topics. Uh, Today's is a gift worth giving. Uh, Next week we'll do a gift worth waiting for. Then a gift worth receiving. And we'll close the year out with a gift worth understanding. Uh, today we start with a gift worth giving. Matthew chapter 2, that uh, was just read for you, is our starting point. Uh, the original Christmas gift story, I guess you could call it. Uh, the wise men brought gifts to Jesus, and we'll talk about those in a little bit in more detail. Uh, but I guess those are about as good as you could get, uh, what they brought The Christ child, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Not all gifts are good gifts, you know that? Uh, You've probably got some bad ones in your day. Uh, And there are different kinds of gifts that are better than others. We're going to talk about one worth giving today. But first I thought we might think about some that you've probably seen. Uh, There's the gift for a gift gift. Have you ever given or received a gift for a gift gift? If you think about it, you probably have. Uh, everybody has a list that they work off of. You know, I'm going to give gifts to these people at work. I'm going to give gifts to this much family. You know, I'm going to go out to the third cousins this year or something. You make your list, and then when you're all done, you receive a gift from somebody that wasn't on your list. And what do you do? You say, oh, no. Oh, no, i got to make this. Right. i got to get them something now. So I'm going to go, hey, let's see, there's cost about this. I can't go over that. i got to get kind of equal to that, though. I've got to give a gift because i got a gift. Or maybe it's the other way around. I'm going to give a gift, so I'll get a gift. That's a gift for a gift gift. Um, same with Christmas cards. That happens to some people. they got their list. they got them all mailed out a month early. Everybody's covered. And then what happens on Christmas Eve? You get one from somebody that you didn't send one. And you say, oh, no. You guys are looking at me. Do any of you give gifts or (laughs) send cards out or anything? (laughs) This happens out in the real world. I don't know about you guys. Maybe you need this series more than I thought you did. (laughs) Anyhow, you've got to give a gift back to that person. Uh, second, there's a gift for a favor gift. 
I don't expect many of you to do that, many of us, but some people do that. They give gifts. They, they don't really want a gift back. They just want to kind of have you on their list of IOUs. You know, they're kind of people that keep score. I gave you something, and someday, you're kind of like the Godfather. Mar- <laughs> you remember Marlon Brando? He gave a gift, and he said, someday I'll call you. Hey, someday I'll need something from you. And when he did, he called for it. So that's a, a gift for a favor gift. Some of you are in the sales business and call on people and uh, try to talk them into buying what you're selling. And some of you hand out gifts, you know, pins and keychains and stuff like that. And I know those are just kind of to get your name out there in front of people. Uh, but some of you do other things. I'll take you to lunch. Thank you to a real nice lunch. Uh, I'll take you to lunch quite a few times. I've got some tickets here for a great ball game. I'll provide you these. Now, I don't want anything in return. But when it comes time to place that big order, I'm kind of hoping you remember that I gave you a gift. It's a gift for a favor gift. And a third kind of gift, I'm going to call it the grace gift. Now, I took the name from God's ultimate gift, uh, the ultimate gift of Jesus giving his life so that we might have eternal life. Um, It's not grace in that sense, but the kind of gifts I want to talk about today, gifts worth giving, are lesser than Jesus' grace gift, but they're similar in a lot of ways. Because of their nature, not because of their cost, but because of their, their nature, they're, they're similar. And, and one I didn't put on the handout in any way for you to write down, but write it down here by this. They're unrepayable. If you really think about it, a good gift, a gift that's worth giving, is unrepayable. No way somebody can go out and buy something that equals or replaces or repays What you did, if it's a really good gift, and I think by the end of this lesson you might understand that a little bit better because we're going to talk about those kind of gifts. Now, our scripture was about the wise men, so we'll talk about them just a little bit. Uh, You're probably kind of like me. When you say that, you always want to say the three wise men. You know, you can't find a picture of wise men without there being three in it. There aren't any out there with four in it. Or two. Uh, we don't know how many there were. There were three gifts, so everybody just says, well, there must have been three wise men, but we don't know. May have been a whole gang of them, but uh, all pictures have got three in it. You know, there's a lot of things about Christmas that we think we know that we don't know. Uh, or we know wrong. That's one of them, but we don't know how many wise men there were, uh, particularly. We don't know... Uh, well, we, we, all the nativity scenes, you know, you see those, the wise men are always there. The wise men weren't there. You know, there's always a star over it. star wasn't there. You know, by the time the wise men got there, by the time they figured out Jesus had been born and traveled clear from where they came in the east, by the time they got there, it's probably about two years. Remember Herod asked in the passage, and we'll read it later, uh, Herod said, exactly when did you see the star? 
He wanted to know exactly when this king was born. And when it came time for Herod to deal with it, to kill babies, he said, anybody under two. So probably that was about when it happened and about how long it took them to get there. They came a long way. But we picture them in the nativity scene with the shepherds the first night. Weren't there yet. Just one of the things we think we know, but we don't know. Verse 11 in that passage, by the way, says when they got there, they went into the house. Jesus wasn't a baby laying in a manger anymore. His family had moved into a house. And they went in and worshipped the young man. Um, of course, the biggie is we, we talk about Christmas like it's on December the 25th. And that's on the birth certificate somewhere. Uh, we don't know when Jesus was born. Got no idea. Uh, probably most assuredly it wasn't December the 25th. That's one of the least likely times of the year for the shepherds to be out in the fields and all that. But at some point somebody said, we've got to have a birthday. So they picked December 25th. It was already a pagan holiday, and a lot of people celebrated on that day, so they picked it. Uh, a lot of things about Christmas, the Christ, birth of Christ, that we think we know that we really don't. Anyway, enough of that. I got sidetracked there. Uh, the three wise men, there, I said it. The, <laughs> I, I looked at the picture. There were three there. <laughs> the wise men started out this gift-giving thing. Uh, they did pretty good. A couple of things they did right. First of all, they gave their gift personally. I think that's something we can learn from this story. They gave their gift personally. These guys were rich. You know, they didn't have to travel all that way. Uh, they, they could have mailed them, I guess, somehow. I don't think they had Pony Express then, but they had Camel Express. They could, they could have got them there somehow. But not, they insisted on going personally. They went themselves. You see, it wasn't just the gift. It was their presence. It was their worship that they brought that was important. We can apply that to some of our gifts worth giving maybe in a little while. Uh, they also gave their gifts properly, I think. It wasn't just the gift. They didn't just show up with a gift and say, there, that's it. Now, those gifts were good gifts in one sense. I mean, they sound expensive to me. Gold and frankincense and myrrh, I assume they were all expensive. Uh, when I really think about it, I kind of think they were horrible gifts for a two-year-old. Uh, but <laughs> Jesus was thrilled with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, he, he didn't understand what this was, but he did understand what else they brought. Uh, they brought praise and worship. That song we just sang said, haste to bring him laud. The laud is praise. Bring him praise. And they did. Uh, it's what they brought with the gift that matters. It was their attitude, and maybe we can apply that. All right, uh, you've got some room on your paper there. I'm going to give you a Christmas list here. You can, I'm going to give you a lot of ideas for some gifts worth giving. One, a gift worth giving, is it's hard to measure their cost. Real hard to measure their cost. Uh, Northside this year has had a lot of unique opportunities to give worthy gifts. 
we've probably given some money to a few folks, and we support our missionaries, and we do some benevolence and all that. But uh, this year, it, it seems like we've been especially tested around here with difficult health problems and all sorts of things going on. And the families had a lot of opportunity to give worthy gifts. And I think a lot have been given. Uh, the blocks, for instance, were away from home for a lot of 2015 with Callum's birth and all that. Uh, his brother and sister had to stay home while the folks were gone. Uh, that family, the family members, have given unbelievably to make that work. They've given of their, of their time and their service and just their life to make that work. That's unrepayable. That's impossible to measure the cost of what they've done. And some members have also joined in there and been able to give those kind of worthy gifts. I know one sister that went over one day and all she did was set up the Christmas tree for Leslie. That doesn't sound like much, and if you figured the cost for it, how would you figure it? Pretty cheap in one way, but it allowed Leslie to take care of Callum and do what she needed to do and all that. Another sister I know went over and just cleaned the refrigerator out and got Andrew to help. So Andrew was occupied. He had a great time. But how do you figure the cost on that? He said, well, it's not worth much. I imagine Leslie would disagree. It's worth a lot. And we've got people around here that do this, these kind of things all the time that give worthy gifts that you can't figure the cost on. I thought about Don and Archie's annual church barbecue hayride picnic where they invite the whole church. And they, they cook a lot of meat as an understatement. It's kind of like Leviticus you read in there where they slaughtered 12 oxen and this many calves and this many chickens. And the only difference is Don Archie threw a pig or two in there. But other than that, it's, it's kind of like the Old Testament. Now, could you figure up the cost of that? I guess you could figure up the cost of meat per pound and all that. But what all they do, just to give to Northside, it's impossible to measure the cost. Okay. Two, good gifts worth giving are usually non-material. They're, they're usually not a thing. They're usually not something that you can wrap up in a box and say, this costs this much, and uh, here's what it is. Now, it, it might be something material in it. It might have a material part to it. But it's not about the material thing. For instance, you give a kid a fishing pole. Is that a worth good gift worth giving? Not if it's just a fishing pole. If fishing comes along with it, that's a worthy gift. It's the non-material part of things that make good, worthy gifts. Okay. Now, one special non-material gift that I put down on the outline there is togetherness. 
Just be with somebody. It's not material. It's hard to figure the cost on that. It's not repayable, really. It's, it's just be with somebody. A good friend, uh, any relationship is enhanced by this gift of togetherness. I've done a number of fathering seminars over the years, and one thing I do during that seminar is I ask the men in the, the class to write down uh, the one best thing they ever did with their father. Okay? And I have never, ever gotten an expensive trip to Europe or uh, anything that cost a lot of money. It's always the same answer. It's always something that involved time. T-I-M-E. That's all it ever is. It's always simple things. He played catch with me. He took me fishing. He let me go to work with him. He let me watch while he worked on the car. It's not about the material thing. The best gift is that togetherness. And that's true in other relationships, too. See, Daryl Oakley sitting back there today reminded me that a month or so ago we were able to travel up to Kansas City and spend a little time with them. Uh, we spent a lot of time together with the Oakleys, but we all got kids and busy and got where we don't spend so much time together again. But we went up there to see Josh and them, and, and we took some gifts from you folks. Well, we took some cash and some cards and food and candy bars and all sorts of things. And I don't know what they'd say was the best gift they got, but thinking back, I think I could probably guess it. One night, Josh was feeling pretty good and thought he could be by himself, and we took Daryl and Devana out to dinner. I think it might have been the first time they were both away from the hospital. I don't know. I asked Daryl where he wanted to go to eat, and he said, Red Lobster's got all-you-can-eat shrimp. I think they've since changed that policy at that store. <laughs> but yeah, we went out to eat and we sat there for a couple hours and we laughed about old stories and had old memories and told about things that had happened to us and to our kids and all that. The manager was considering throwing us out, I can tell. You know, we were laughing so hard and really causing such an uproar. He kept looking, but he could never find any wine bottles on the table, so he didn't have a reason to throw us out. Uh, that was a good time. And the non-material, couldn't figure the cost, yeah, the bill was something, but that didn't matter. It was the togetherness. One of Cindy's favorite, it may be the favorite of my wife's, she's not here today, so I can tell you this, is... Someday, when I've got the day off, supposedly, I'll say, let's just ignore the phones and let's just stay home and let's work out in the yard. And you still got to look at the phone every once in a while to see that we hadn't had a crisis. But in general, just ignore the rest of the world and stay out in the yard. Work on things. Now, we may not even see each other much. She may be on one side of the yard and I may be on the other. But at the end of the day, that's a good day. That's a good gift. Just togetherness. Another good idea for non-material gifts is a gift of service. 
Do something for somebody. Now, I already said, Northside's had a lot of opportunities this year to do that. Lots of opportunities. Uh, there's going to be plenty next year, I'm sure, too. Um, just the kind of things we get to do for people or can do for people. And I think of service and this family here. I always remember back when Dad was alive and still living in his house and not able to take care of the outside and all that. Anytime it'd snow, I'd say, all right, got to get over there early. i got to get the driveway shoveled for him. Okay? I never got there in time. It was always shoveled before I got there. Always. And sometimes I'd go in and say to Dad, say to Dad I said, you got your driveway shoveled. He said, really? He didn't even know it had been shoveled. Herschel Gilmer was the answer to that one. Yeah, Herschel would come over, bring his to and shovel Dad's drive for him. Couldn't beat him to it. Yeah. Uh, as I thought of that one, that goes for the one before it, too, when there wasn't snow out there. Herschel would come over real regularly and just sit with Dad and talk to him or play some pool with him while he could still go up and down the stairs and just be together. Best gift Dad got. Service for somebody. Um, so some of them we recognize. We see things like that and we see people that do things like that. And, and I know there's a hundred times what I'm able to tell today, a thousand times here at Northside, but I won't tell a few. Uh, some of them we don't even think of. Uh, let me let me do this. If, if you're a lady here that has done something over the nine years of women walking with God, participated in something, just point to yourself. You don't have to raise your hand or anything else. Just tell yourself, he's talking about me. I don't care how little it is, whatever you've done, uh, and I know there's a few guys in there too, but it just, I'm talking to you. Okay? I'm going to read you part of an email. Uh, my wife's in charge of the ambassadors of trying to get ladies at other churches to get people to come and all that. So they sent out a bulk email to all the old ambassadors to ask them if they'd like to do it again this year. And here's a lady named Misty uh, from Arkansas. Here's what she wrote back. Thank you all for all that you ladies are doing to prepare for conference this year. I would love to continue as an ambassador. I'm excited and honored to invite friends from our congregation and sister congregations to the wonderful event. I know there will be several new faces to join me this year. Uh, what a blessing to share what you all offer at this conference. For us, it's a very long trip to make. But I tell everyone that as many different ladies' days and conferences that I've ever attended over the years, nothing compares to WWG. It is totally worth the drive. I believe in everything it stands for. It changed my life, and I know it will continue to impact others for the growth of the kingdom each year. I'm thrilled with the lineup this year. Conference can't get here soon enough. Continued prayers for the teams that work tirelessly to prepare for all of us to come. Okay, uh, Those of you that did this, you're serving people. And you're serving people you don't even know about. And I know sometimes you get tired and worn out and think, man, I don't know if I can do this anymore. you got so many people that this is the best thing of the year for them. 
And we kind of forget those kind of services, I think, and look for bigger ones. But those kind of steady, repetitive, do-it-again kind of services, boy, it makes a difference. Cindy's out making an ambassador call today to a small congregation, and she told me when she talked to the ambassador there about coming, she said the lady just cried. She said, I don't know how you ladies do this year after year for us. That's a lot of service. And I know there's other ministries around here, the educational ministry and lots of things. that we, You guys just serve and serve. That's a gift worth giving. Three, good gifts are usually unexpected. A gift worth giving. Usually not something that anybody's expecting. They give some unexpected gifts. <clears throat> you know, uh, this season, when you <clears throat> excuse me, when you go out to eat or anything like that, uh, those people, those servers, are working hard to provide for their family. And it's not the most glamorous job in the world or whatever. Leave an outrageous tip. That would be a gift worth giving. And I listen to Dave Ramsey sometime, and he talks about this. And I've been trying it out the last few months. And I don't always give outrageous tips. You know, if it's, it's not a grace gift, because if it's bad service, I'm not going to do it. You know? Um, but if it's a great service or even good service, and you tell the person's having a hard day or anything like that, I've been leaving big tips. And I'm not going to tell you how much, because you might think, oh, that's not very big. But I think it's big. You know, they give that little chart down there at the bottom. I, I do better than that. I think they're kind of outrageous. And I don't stay around to watch to see what happens. Sometimes I think I'd like to. But I hope that what I give, when that server picks up that check and looks at it, they have to look two or three times. Just unexpected. Don't even know who it came from. That's a gift worth giving. I get a kick out of that. Four. Gifts that are worth giving are gifts that last. <clears throat> We're still talking about gold, frankincense, and myrrh after 2,000 years. Those must have been good gifts. They, they last. We remember them. I'm not sure that's a record but uh, that we ought to shoot for, but... Maybe a lifetime. Nothing lasts better than memories. Let me put that on your suggested list of gifts. You ask someone to name their best Christmas presents ever, what will they say? I bet a few people will think of a biggie like, you know, the year I got the bicycle or the year I got the shotgun or the year I got this or that. But most people, instead of that, will talk about a memorable time. A season when something special happened. When he did that or we laughed so hard at that one or whatever. We do white elephants in our family and they're the kind of things you remember. Yeah, a special year when that happened. Well, give some memories. Think about that. Don't worry about how much the thing in the box cost. Uh, good gifts. You can't figure the cost on them. Memories last Forever. Maybe nothing's more important uh, as far as something that will last than a godly heritage. 
some of us are in a place to give that. Parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, uh, contribute to a child's heritage while they're growing up. That's a good gift worth giving. Around here, we got prayer pals that get a chance to do that, have a great influence on young people's lives. Okay, there's, there's lots of ideas I've given you, lots of tips. Some of them hopefully sound good to you. Um, I bet some of them you even thought, I'll write that down. I'm going to do that someday. Well, that brings me to number five. A good gift worth giving should be given now. Samuel Johnson said, He who waits to do a great deal of good all at once will never do anything. So you may try to dream up the best gift you could ever think of and never get it done. Whatever popped into your head, something something good that you thought of while I was talking, do it now. In fact, take your paper and write down a name on it. Uh, write down an idea if you've got one and say, I'm going to do that this year. I'm going to do that before it turns 2016. I'm going to give a gift worth giving. Well, I hope we've learned a little bit about a, a gift worth giving. Uh, I gave a few examples, and I know there's better examples, and I know there's a thousand times what I gave. Uh, as I thought about this lesson in small groups this week, if you're in a small group, my guess is this ought to be the best week ever for small groups because you're supposed to discuss what we talked about this morning. And your questions are about, uh, give an example of this kind of good gift that you gave or received. I hope you get so many ideas in your small groups this week, you, you can't keep up with all of them. Uh, I wish we could write them all down and publish them somewhere. We need good ideas for great gifts, but give a gift worth giving. All right, next week we're going to talk about a gift worth waiting for. There's some gifts worth waiting for. Let me close this morning by reading you a little poem about a gift worth giving in some ways. It says they were going to be all they wanted to be tomorrow. None would be braver or kinder than they tomorrow. A friend who was troubled and wearied they knew would be glad for a lift, and he needed it too, and on him they would call and see what they could do tomorrow. Each morning they stacked up the letters they'd write tomorrow. And thought of the folks they would fill with delight tomorrow. The greatest of people they just might have been. The world would have opened its heart to them. But in fact, they passed on and faded from view. And all that they left when their living was through was a mountain of things that they intended to do tomorrow. That applies to gifts, but it also applies to life decisions. Some of you are in a place where you need to decide and want to decide to change things in your life. Some of you know what it means to accept Christ in baptism and have just never done that. Tomorrow may not get here. Do it today. Do it now. Let's stand and sing. If you need to come, come.